Michelle Goldberg is our guest, senior contributing writer at The Nation. Her most recent book, entitled The Goddess Pose, The Audacious Life of Indra Devi, the woman who helped bring yoga to the West. Michelle, thank you for joining us, talking about your article for The Nation, Can Hillary Win Over the Left? Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, Michelle, we have seen, we now see just a 7% difference between uh, Hillary Clinton and Senator Bernie Sanders. There are some people that say Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, uh, Ben Carson, and Carly Fiorina are doing better now because the people out there, the voter population, or at least the people being polled, has changed. That they want an outsider, a non-inside-the-beltway, a non-politico, somebody with a non-political past. Then again, some people look at Hillary's numbers and say, this email thing is killing her. Uh, Which is it? Or is it a bit of both, in your opinion? Um, I would say it's a bit of of both and neither. I mean, on the one hand, I I think, you know, Hillary is in some ways a victim of the fact that there is not really a competitive primary. And so she becomes, um, there's kind of nowhere else for people there's there's nowhere else for people to go and there's sort of no reason at this point for her supporters and she does have supporters to get really passionately involved and kind of advocate on her behalf and so she's just sort of out there alone being um beaten up and sniped at well you know nobody else gets very much scrutiny because nobody else uh, on the democratic side is being taken all that seriously um as a candidate you know joe biden who I like a lot, but if Joe Biden were actually being subjected to the sort of of scrutiny that she's being subjected to right now, I don't think that he would really fare very much better. His votes are certainly more conservative than hers were in the Senate. He has a lot of baggage with regard to his ties to the financial industry. And so I think on the one hand, there's just she's, you know, the kind of sole subject of um, progressive disaffection right now. And, you know, I also just think it, it's August and people are bored and and restless. I don't see, I mean, I, I don't see the Sanders movement as kind of big and exciting as it is, as being anything. Now, wait a minute. You don't Obama think movement. when you look at May and now, and I'm a huge Hillary supporter, I'm probably the first person in the United States had her bumper sticker, you know, Hillary uh, for America on my car. And I still support her. But I mm-hmm. think that this email thing has hurt her, and I don't think the email thing has hurt her because of what's actually happened here, which we know is they're trying to swift boat her with this, and I don't think this will be her swift boat. However, I don't think that she's been good in her response and reaction to the attacks regarding the email on the server. In other words, I, I you know, I think that people are reacting to the it, – it's, it's not really what she's saying, but how she's saying it. I, you know, I'm just not sure that there is anything that she could have said. I think that we've seen this, um, you know, this is sort of what you get when you have a Clinton at the forefront of public life is these sort of confusing, picayune mini scandals in which there's maybe a kind of germ of, of a misdeed at the center of it, but a lot of, you know, speculation and kind of reporting on the narrative that furthers the narrative. You know, there's a narrative out there that Hillary Clinton is secretive and sneaky and sort of Machiavellian. And so anything that seems to prove that point just becomes part of that story. You know, I I, I don't disagree with you that this story hasn't been good for her, but I just, 
I'm not sure if there's anything that they could have done to put this to bed or if this is just part of the dynamic of the way the press covers the Clintons and has been covering the Clintons, you know, since their entry into public life. And, you know, when you so you don't have a problem. I do as a Democrat with a with a, a rise for Bernie this much, a drop this much for Hillary. And quite frankly, the difference in that drop, if you look at the numbers, it's almost like every single uh, point that didn't go to Bernie did go to Joe Biden, who isn't even in the game. I, I mean, I guess this is just sort of in some ways what I expected at this point. Um, you know, I don't think that. You know, I think that Hillary Clinton, people have always been, um, not people, but there's always been a lot of ambivalence about her. And again, because she came up at a very different time in Democratic politics and was forced to maneuver in ways that look really distasteful in retrospect, but might have seemed necessary at the time. You know, she has a long record that kind of makes it very hard for people to figure out exactly, you know, kind of what Hillary they're getting in 2015 and so i sort of i don't know i guess this is this is pretty much what i expected okay um, well michelle hold point. that thought we're going to take a break i want to hear more about what you expected but i also want to hear uh and talk to your piece specifically about uh your thoughts on whether or not she can win over the left and if so what she has to do to get that done we'll be back with michelle goldberg senior contributing writer at the nation join us at 8886 leslie follow her at michelle in b-k-l-y-n Leslie Marshall, you know if you eat too much, eat the wrong foods, or even sleep in the wrong position, you can get an upset stomach. And I have done all of those, believe me. Experts say nearly all of us eventually would develop some sort of digestive problems. And that's because as we get older, or not old, but just as we age, our stomachs produce less of the enzymes needed to break down food. So do what I do. When I have that queasy, uneasy, reflexy feeling, I take a Gutsy Chewy tablet. Gutsy Chewy is an oral and digestive supplement. And best of all, it's 100% natural. Gutsy Chewies were invented by my buddy, Dr. Doug Hagigi. He's a gastroenterologist and a dentist. And he blended natural heartburn remedies like papaya, licorice root, and apple cider vinegar. Then added calcium, magnesium, and xylitol for oral health, too. When you put all those things together, they boost the body's natural defense against heartburn and reflux. Gutsy Chewies are gluten and lactose-free. They come in citrus and wild berry flavors. But most of all, it works. So when you get that queasy, uneasy, refluxy feeling, take a Gutsy Chewy tablet. You'll feel better, and it's better for your health. Learn more at GutsyProducts.com or call 855-GO-GUTSY, 855-484-8879. That's GutsyProducts.com. Joining us in this first hour here on the Only True Democracy in Talk Radio, Michelle Goldberg, senior contributing writer at The Nation, her most recent book, The Goddess Pose, The Audacious Life of Indra Devi, the woman who helped bring yoga to the West. We're not talking yoga. We are talking Hillary Clinton, and maybe she has to have some yoga moves to win over the left. I don't know. Some people say it's going to be a much harder climb. But first of all, before the break, Michelle, you said this is pretty much what you expected at this point, uh, being summer. Some people say it's deja vu from 2008 in Iowa for Mrs. Clinton. What do you say? I don't see it. I don't think that, um, you know, Bernie Sanders, for all of his virtues, of which there are many, is any Barack Obama. I think that there's a ceiling on his support. And, you know, 
Hillary Clinton still remains um, the most popular Democrat in the country, um, you know, by far, by by many measures. And so I just, you know, would it remain that would it remain that way if Joe Biden got in the race? Oh, I think that Joe Biden's standing would plummet very, very quickly if he got into the race. I mean, like I said, I like Joe Biden a lot, but he, you know, he benefits from the fact that right now he's your sort of like, you know, avuncular, this sort of avuncular, well-meaning figure who's known principally for his loyalty to Barack Obama. You know, think about people are bringing up. My friend Rebecca Tracer wrote a great piece about this in New York Magazine today. People are bringing up the sort of, you know, slightly racist things that Hillary Clinton said in 2008. Well, you know, Biden said things that are every much, every bit as much as offensive. His ties to the financial industry are anything more expensive than Hillary Clinton's. His voting record is more conservative. Um, you know, his, he, he voted for the war in Iraq, which is something that people hold against Hillary Clinton. There's very, I guess the only argument for Biden over Hillary Clinton is that, you know, right now he seems more likable, but he hasn't had, you know, opposition. He hasn't had, you know, operatives with binders full of opposition research going after him for months and months and months. So I just, you know, maybe maybe he'll get in and maybe people are panicking about Hillary Clinton more than I give them credit for. But I I don't think it's, I think think the panic here is that if Bernie is on that platform, I think we all believe, and perhaps even Senator Sanders, that he could not win in a general election against whoever the, the, the Republican would be. So I think people say, well, if there's a chance, look at Bernie's, you know, leading in New Hampshire, he's gaining on her in Iowa. If he gets the nomination, Democrats will not be able to take the White House or keep the White House uh, in Democratic hands. So, you know, we need a plan B just in case Hillary doesn't beat Senator Sanders and he continues to grow and, and moves beyond her. Um, I would agree with you. I think people – it's almost like everybody's selling stocks the other day on Wall Street when, you know, people who held on to it benefited the day after. Yeah, I, I think that there was no way that this wasn't going to happen sort of in, you know, the, the dog days of August. And I also, like I said, I mean, I think, you know, I guess, you know, every so often something completely unusual and unexpected happens. But just as I can't imagine that Donald Trump is going to get the Republican nomination, um, I think that, you know, the, the Bernie boom is great if it drags the debate within the Democratic Party to the left and puts pressure on Hillary Clinton to take more progressive positions. But ultimately, I just don't see her as being as, as threatened as some of my colleagues do. And I, you know, I want to talk about your, your piece specifically. Can Hillary Clinton win over the left? Uh, first of all, can she? Second of all, how does she go about doing it? Back up, because, I mean, obviously, I'm, you know, I'm a journalist. I'm not a political strategist. Right, and so right. the piece was more about her kind of long and shifting relationship with the left than me making prognostications. And I think that one of the things that's really easy to forget about Hillary Clinton is that in the 1990s, she was considered so far left that it was a threat to her husband's political viability, right? There was sort of the, the conventional wisdom for most of Hillary Clinton's time in public life was that she was, you know, she represented the, the kind of left wing of the Clinton White House. She was, you know, seen very much as being sort of in opposition to Robert Rubin and, and the kind of Wall Street faction and the, um, you know, third-way Democrats within um, Clinton land. She was, 
you know, if you read kind of right-wing attacks on her at the time, it wasn't for being, you know, just, it wasn't just that she was seen as being um, manipulative, manipulative and unethical, is that they considered her a left-wing radical. And, you know, that was sort of where her roots were, you know, early in her life, at least, you know, um, in law school and the years after that. And what happened was she was just viciously and ferociously and continuously attacked for being a drag on her husband's political fortunes. You know, she just had her identity, as, as someone in, in the piece says, dismantled in public, um, you know, again and again. And so in, I think, a political maneuver that became, you know, sort of the... Yeah, you even, of you even wrote that she cost her husband, you know, votes by keeping her last name. I, I just had to throw right. that in. I'm glad you wrote about that. So and, true. And Thank that you. Was, again, and that was kind of conventional wisdom, that, that one of the reasons that her husband, that, that Bill Clinton lost um, his bid for re-election to governor in Arkansas is because she refused to, to take his last name. And eventually she gave in and did it because the pressure was so intense. And so again and again and again, you see her sort of making these compromises or, you know, veering right, kind of triangulating against the left in an attempt to protect her husband's political viability. And, you know, she was operating at a very different time. There were still, you know, it was still a time when independent voters carried a lot of weight, at least in, you know, the the imagination of the media and, um, you know, kind of most prognosticators. Um, it was a time when, you know, sort of Beltway press corps had a lot more power than it does today and, and you know, could kind of push these these narratives and where packing center was more necessary for political survival. You know, Democrats were still really traumatized by years and years and years of defeat. They felt like, you know, kind of liberal was still seen as very much a dirty word. You know, the South had not yet become solidly Republican, so you still had some of those conservative Southern Democrats in play. It was just a very, very different time requiring, you know, very, very different political maneuvers. And some of the political maneuvers that, that Hillary Clinton um, and her husband made to survive and thrive in the 90s now make them look, um, you know, kind of, very compromised in a much more progressive time. And so what I what I think is the kind of great irony and, you know, maybe will turn out to be the great tragedy of, of Hillary Clinton's political career is that she now has to convince progressives that she is the person that she was once accused of being and that she spent decades <laughs> trying to prove that she wasn't. So she has to undo everything she undid. <laughs> Yeah, right. I mean, it's a very difficult position to be in. And so, you know, but I think that one of the, the one of the things, one of the conclusions that you have to come to when you look at the whole scope of her career is that when she takes these progressive positions now and she's running, you know, the most progressive, um, you know, major presidential campaign in, you know, generations, right? There, you know, particularly with regard to women, there's just no precedent for someone making, you know, equal pay and paid leave um, and these sorts of things, the center of a, of a presidential campaign. So she's, you know, you know she, she's running a much more left-wing campaign than Barack Obama ran against her in 2008. And I think that 
whether or not you believe that she can be trusted to, you know, adhere to the principles that she's laying out now, this is kind of her coming full circle. This is her returning to her roots. You know, these aren't new positions for her. She's, you know, this is sort of where she started from. When we look at that, I mean, the fact that she got, you know, attacked for being a feminist, we certainly remember as First Lady, the, you know, cupcakes and, you know, the comments and people would hate her for being a strong woman. Is it just her views and that people find her on the left, who definitely are more Bernie Sanders left of left liberals, more socialist liberals, find her to be more of a, you know, moderate, uh, you know, Democrat or a, you know, certainly to the right and more of a centrist uh, than a Bernie Sanders. Uh, Is it just that or does that strong woman thing come out? Because to me, it is about the woman as well. Being a woman, it is about the woman as well. You know what I mean? I always think that when men are strong, they're strong. And when women are strong, they're bitches, I think, by both men and women's views. And even though uh, we've seen things things change in the voter population, uh, certainly with the population in the uh, Hispanic community, but more and more Hispanics voting and African-Americans and women as well. We, it just seems women, whether it's a Hillary Clinton, a Sarah Palin, a Carly Fiorina, quite frankly, have a bigger mountain to climb with regard to politics because they can't be too sweet. They're seen as well, you know, I think are personable, but if they're too strong, they're, they're seen, I think they're seen as bitches. So I think so. I think that that I, I agree with you in theory. Although I'm going to push back against any comparison of Hillary Clinton to Sarah Palin or Carly Fiorina, who you know, politics aside, I think have really earned all the you know kind of derisiveness directed their way. Right? Sarah Palin really is an idiot. That's not just because. Um, she's well, I don't disagree with you there, but I but I do think that there's sexism toward you know certainly there's much more sexism toward women than toward men in politics, and I think because Hillary is strong and is intelligent. Uh, women are many women are jealous of that, and many men are intimidated by it. You know, I think that that's probably true, and I but I think that even more than that, because there has been sort of no template for her, and she has been, you know, the subject of sexism now, but the subject of just ferocious sexism early in her career. When people talk about her being inauthentic and then feeling and then feeling like there's like a part of her that's inaccessible to the general public. I think that that comes with being a woman who, when she was authentic, got ripped to shreds, you know, precisely because she was, you know, sort of, you know, I think, you know, the, the Hillary Clinton who said, you know, I could have stayed home and baked cookies, but um, decided to pursue my career instead. And, you know, was the subject of such a kind of vicious national backlash that she had to atone by entering a family circle bake-off with Barbara Bush. That's probably a glimpse of the real Hillary Clinton. I think it's not surprising that given, you know, what she's had to contend with, she's sort of had to, you know, build a sort of castle around <laughs> around her authentic self. And then, she, and then the flip side of that is people saying, well, she seems calculating and, you know, she seems inauthentic. I think to be a woman in American public life, um, you kind of have to be somewhat calculating. You have to be somewhat um, contrived. There's just there's there's no other way, you know, and, and especially since she is sort of like building um, a role from scratch that hasn't previously existed in American public life. I agree. Also, is it the fact she's a Clinton? And I say that because, come on, you know, right now we have email gate. We've seen travel gate, nanny gate, white water gate. And even though it did come down, 
um, to an impeachment. Uh, originally, it was, you know, who, who can, you know, we say the, the president, you know, sexually, uh, you know, assaulted Gate and blue dress Gate, you know, before the subordination of perjury and an actual impeachment of Bill Clinton. And even though these were not her sins and, you know, she was not president. And, of course, there really were no sins with Travelgate, Whitewatergate, Nannygate in the end, uh, which I feel the same with Emailgate, that there are no sins here. There was no illegal activity and, you know, maybe just some wrong ju- judgment in uh, technical use of equipment, uh, where that equipment was and, and what type of equipment is part of this because she is a Clinton. Because I do think that if you look historically – I don't think there's any been any presidency as uh, criticized, even uh, Barack Obama, as much as Bill Clinton was during his two terms. Well, I think that, yeah, there's a template for kind of how people cover the Clintons. There's an idea that, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. You see this particularly with the New York Times, you know, the greatest newspaper in the world by far, you know, usually the sort of paragon of excellence that often seems to drop all you know, journalistic standards when it comes to these um, Clinton non-scandals and, you know, follow things down rabbit holes and make it seem like there's wrongdoing where really there isn't. I mean, you see this over and over again. I do think there's something about the Clintons. There's like a lack of carefulness. There, um, a lack of sort of, you know, maybe they're so cynical about the press, they figure they're going to be covered terribly no matter what. So there's just, you know, they don't worry as much about, you know, not just is this wrong or unethical, but how is this going to look? I mean, you know, I think that, you know, Obama's enemies are every bit as vicious, but he just has, you know, he just makes himself bulletproof by being um, very, very, very careful about the way he runs his administration. And the Clintons aren't like that. And, you know, they, they give their enemies a lot of openings, even though, you know, ultimately the pylons aren't fair. Yeah, no, no question about it. Um, one last question before we go. When you look at Bernie Sanders and um, his growth, and it certainly has been uh, growing, you call it a wildfire growth, and I, I would agree. Um, this is a real grassroots movement. These people are very dissatisfied with Hillary. They do view her far too right. Is that a perception that, that she can change, especially in light of her voting record and especially in light, like you said, of her fighting so hard to undo her original beyond left and God, I think at Wellesley she favored, you know, Barry Goldwater. Uh, very quickly, just no, a sentence No, so that's or two. not true. That was in high school. In high school, she favored Barry Goldwater. You know, she had a very conservative father. She was a Goldwater girl in high school, but she said that very quickly. Um, and you know, she was she was on the she was has been on the left since she's been in college. But you know, can she shed that? Well, I actually think that if people were aware of her voting record, she would start to shed that. You know, her voting record in the Senate, I mean, a lot of it's overshadowed by her vote for the war in Iraq, understandably so. But her voting record in the Senate um, overall is to the left of Obama's, it's to the left of John Kerry's, it's to the left of Joe Biden's. And you don't see a similar level of sort of progressive ire towards any of those figures as you see. Um, towards Hillary Clinton. And right, so- and I, I agree with you there, Michelle. We have to go. We have to wrap that up. I do agree with you there. I think part of it's because she's female. Part of it's because she's a Clinton. Part of it's because the way she's handling it, addressing or not addressing certain things at all. 
I think part of it is because, you know, there are just people who are, you know, Bernie fans and, you know, they're not going to jump on the Hillary bandwagon unless she's on that platform. Uh, to follow Michelle on Twitter, at Michelle in Brooklyn, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-N-B-K-L-Y-N. The website is michellegoldberg.net. Also, The Nation, where you can read her piece, thenation.com. Change is strong, and you can experience it at Gold's Gym. For a limited time only, join the most supportive and dedicated community in fitness for just $1. Get access to the latest card and strength equipment, the best group exercise classes, and expert personal trainers dedicated to your success. A stronger you is waiting at Gold's Gym today. Tap the banner now for a free pass. Offer ends February 29th. Valid with select new memberships at participating locations only. Commitment required. Annual fee and other restrictions may apply. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola Energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive! Show up every day with Coca-Cola Energy. Energy you want, taste you love.